0: Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the best versions of themselves. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women and special edition episodes that feature guest interviews and current events. Now, all in her opinion, here is your host, Maya Roffler. Hi, guys, welcome back to Motivation Monday. Today
1: I'm talking about how to lead teams remotely effectively, which is a huge topic. We've been doing it for over a year. Some of us are better at it than others. So I really wanted to talk about it and talk about what challenges we go through as leaders leading teams remotely, how we can get better at it, what are some tips, some things you can do as a leader, and just check in with you guys and see how you're doing with it. Fortunately for myself, it wasn't a shocking thing for me uh, during the pandemic. I've been leading teams remotely since 2010, so it wasn't a shocking new thing for me, but for a lot of people it was. So I thought we should have an episode really dedicated to this topic, leading teams effectively Remotely. But before we dive into today's topic, make sure you subscribe, like, and share the My Opinion podcast, the leadership podcast for women. And I want to thank you guys so much for continuing to listen and support me on this journey at, that we're all in leadership, but also on my podcasting journey. And just a reminder, There will be Motivation Monday episodes every single Monday. I'll be on solo one week, and then the next week I'll have an amazing guest on who is a leader in her own right and hopefully inspires you just as much as she inspires me. And if you're interested in coming on the show, feel free to send us an email at myopinionpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, let's dive into it. So remote leadership, it's been around for a while. Like I said, I was leading teams back in 2010 remotely. Like this is, you know, not something totally in programs, I should say. It's not something totally new, but it's something we were all kind of forced into doing when the pandemic hit. And we weren't all really equipped to deal with it. And not everyone is really a believer, let alone a practicer of it, but had to do it when the pandemic hit. We really didn't have a choice. So those of us who have already led teams remotely in the past or who or were already leading teams remotely definitely had a leg up when things went to hell in a handbasket, as I like to say, in 2020. And the pandemic has undoubtedly changed the way we do business. We know this. You know this. I know this. And just work forever, which means it changes her management as well as leaders. And in my opinion, remote leadership is not going anywhere. It's just going to continue to evolve. In fact, I know that we will see more and more of it. So we need to embrace it and roll with it. And I think you probably know that as a leader listening to this or an aspiring leader unique in a sense that, you know, as I shared, I've been leading remotely um, for a while. And here's some funny, you know, things that I'll share. Yes, I did it before Zoom. Zoom didn't exist when I started doing, um, or maybe it did. I'm not really sure. I'd have to look into when Zoom was created. But I wasn't leading teams on Zoom. I was using my clunky BlackBerry. I think, like, Skype existed, but we didn't use it for, like, business-type stuff. It was, like, a personal thing. If you talk to people overseas, you really didn't think about using that that often for things like this. But, yeah, I had my my trusty, clunky, like, BlackBerry, and that was it. And a text message was not considered a proper check-in. And as I interview some incredible leaders on the My Opinion podcast, this podcast, I find that I'm not alone, which is refreshing. And there are more of us out there that have been effectively leading remotely pre-pandemic, pre-COVID, which has been so great for me to hear. And I hope it's good for you to hear as well. And if you haven't listened to some of these episodes, please go back and and. Listen to them. I have some specific guests that have been on that have been leading and and doing this quite successfully. One of them is coming up next week, so make sure to check her out. Brandy will be on, and she's been doing this for quite some time. I had a guest on in the past uh, talking about tactical empathy and remote teams, Carrie Guard. She's been doing this for quite some time. It's how she built her entire business and her company. So It's been great to connect with these women and know that I'm not alone and this has been a thing, but a lot of people have been alone and you may be one of these leaders that this was so new. You were used to going into the office and not really understanding remote and how to connect with your teams. There's so many things. So, you know, it can be a challenge not having this experience, you know, trust me, I get it. I went from an environment back then, back when I made the transition, where I saw my employees daily and then I went to a work from home and an airport instead of a store where I went in every single day. It was a total shock for me and I wasn't in a pandemic. We were a little bit still going through an economic crisis at the time, but it's nowhere near what we're going through right now. Going through a pandemic and then having to learn how to be a remote leader If you don't have experience with remote leadership, I want you to cut yourself some slack right now and really understand that that's a huge thing to learn. I am sure we could all figure it out if we need to, and I'm sure you have if this is what you've been going through, but that's a huge ask of our leaders, and it's why I feel so passionately about this, and this is why this episode might be a little bit longer today (laughs) because I took a week off, Um, but... I feel so strongly about this and it's something I have experience with as a leader and I've seen some great failure and I do the air quotes because I don't really believe in failure I believe in learning and I've had some great successes and that takes time. So when you're thrust into a situation, oh my gosh, and you have to find success in in such a difficult time, it's challenging. So what are some of the challenges that most of us face with remote leadership? Let's talk about those. Or what are some of the ones that you face? Like, let's see if you identify with some of these. These are according to you guys. So I heard these from you. These are messages I got from you guys and interactions I've had with some of my clients and and friends. So I decided to talk about them, the top challenges. These are the ones that I got. If you have some other ones, please feel free to message me on Instagram, um, Facebook, all my social media outlets, or again, just send us an email. I'd love to I'll address it on another podcast or just message you back. I'm totally open. So these are some of the top challenges that you guys shared, though. Here we go. You aren't able to supervise your employees face to face. That is a big one. I hear that one all the time. There's potential distractions with work from home. So at home, you're worried that your employees are going to be distracted. I get that. It can also be very socially isolating for your teams. I love when I hear that um, from from you guys or get a question like, you know, I'm worried about my team or someone's very quiet. That means you have really good empathy and you know how I feel about empathy if you listen to the podcast consistently. I also get questions about, you know, how do I make sure that we're communicating effectively? Meaning like information may fall through the cracks. Well, that's a valid concern too. There can be some enhanced issues among the team that just may arise due to the remote work. It just happens. And this is, they're both, those last two are really both communication related, like communication issues. Can you relate to any of these as a remote leader? Or maybe you're on a remote team wanting to be a remote leader. Or perhaps you've, you know, experienced this in other ways you know, I'm sure you have over the past year. I know I've experienced all of these things. So all of these questions really resonated with me. What's the great news? Well, all of these challenges are totally manageable. I've gone through them. Yep. Raising that hand right now. Although in my opinion, again, navigating a pandemic and learning to lead remotely that's such a challenge. So if you've done that and even even if you are just wanting to get into leadership and you've just been in, you know, your role and you're aspiring and learning, still give yourself credit and some slack because this is this is crazy. This is a crazy time it really has been. It's important we learn how to overcome these challenges. Become stronger from them as a leader. So in fact, I've had several amazing leaders on the podcast already sharing their best practices like I like I said and again I want to I'm like bringing this up again because I want you to go back and listen to those episodes because they were so great please do that and we have them coming up too so please do it. I'm, I'm like encouraging you in my opinion these are my best practices that I'm going to share with you and tips from my experience in remote leadership and how you can face these challenges head-on Take them for what they are. Apply them in your own way because we all have our own style, which I have episodes about too, your own leadership style, but take them for there, but I know they work. And the first suggestion that I have is schedule a regular check-in. I've talked about this on other episodes too that it's so important that you stay connected to your teams. And some experts, this is where I get a little controversial compared to other people. Some experts say that I mean, if you read, like, a Forbes article, things like, you know, a couple different ones, they'll say, schedule daily check-ins. Ugh. In my opinion, hell no, I'm not doing a daily check-in. Like, I'm just not doing it. Um, That may come from my background of having such large teams, too, that I'm just like, no, like, I'm not checking in with you daily, that I'm not doing that, because that's called babysitting, and you're not my child. Like, I don't need to check in with you daily. However, on the flip side of that, if there are certain employees that need me on that kind of, you know, basis, they need accessibility to me on a daily basis for valid reasons, I make myself accessible to them. So that's the other side of it. But I'm not going to require somebody to check in with me on a daily basis because that's micromanaging. That's showing them that you don't trust them. There's so many things wrong with that. So I don't believe in that. So I'm going against a lot of these articles. But do schedule a regular check-in. And it can't be once a month when you're remote. It needs to be minimum once a week. And I encourage you to make this check in feel like a mutual meeting, like a mutual coming together, because what some people have done for me, my supervisors, my the, the quote unquote leaders that I've worked for have made me feel sometimes is like, what are you doing for me? It was like a two-hour dump for them or an hour dump for them, and it, it was all about them. And then maybe in the last five minutes or 10 minutes, it was like, okay, but wait, what can I do for you at the end? That's so disingenuous. Don't be that leader. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have shirts made. <laughs> you can get them soon on on the uh, website. Uh, coming soon. Don't be that leader because that's not the point of the check-in. The check-in is to make sure, it's not just an accountability check-in, like, those were the worst leaders to me, in my opinion. And that, and I can't say that I didn't make those mistakes in my younger years as a leader. And I can't say I won't make them again. But, you know, especially when somebody isn't performing, you kind of want to check the boxes and be like, oh yeah, I caught them. Like they're not doing their thing. But make sure there's an agenda. Make sure you schedule it. Make sure they know the expectation. But that agenda should be 50-50. It should be, Mm, you know how I feel about the word shit so I don't like that I'm using it but it is what it is the expectation should be there and set and there's no you know secrets behind what you're talking about like all that stuff is such bad culture which is one of my next episodes coming up, my solos so I I hope you guys tune in for that too and creating culture but this is a part of that so no secrets in what you're going to be talking about lay it out but it should be 50 50 you're both sharing back and forth. You are the leader, you are the supervisor, you're the person that they report to, but they're really important, especially in this environment. A remote environment is unique. And so setting those expectations ahead of time are really important, but a regular check-in, I'm a huge fan of. And if you listen, you know that. (laughs) In conjunction with the regular check-ins, Don't do them every day. (laughs) Let them come to you. You can't over communicate when you're working remotely. And what I mean by that is share, share on your calls, share email, share texts, create a Slack channel, a Google chat, uh, whatever it is that you want to do. Share, 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 share everything. So say you have an, what I mean by this is say you have an announcement for the company. And you send an email. That's not good enough. That is not good enough. And you're not doing, let me put it this way, you're doing a disservice to the company, you're doing a disservice to yourself, and you're doing a disservice to your team, which is the most important thing. You're doing a disservice to your team because you're not giving them the information multiple ways. Because some people will be on top of their email and they'll be like, oh, great. Awesome. Thanks, Maya. I got that email. you know, I understand that we are now going in this direction or we just hit you know, a million in sales a month, like that's incredible, awesome, whatever your junction is, I'm making these things up, but some people are visual, so they, they're all about their email, some people love a text, some people love a a Slack chat, or some people love a phone call, you cannot over communicate, not in this remote environment, so I would rather risk my team being like, oh my god, she's got a group text, she's got a Slack channel, she's got this, you know what, that's the culture that I want to create, kind of greasing us up for the next <laughs> next episode. But that's so important because if someone says I don't know, that would be impossible because it's been verbally communicated on the group call. It's been verbally communicated on our individual call. It's been written. It's been text. It's been Slacked. It's been this. It's been that. It's everywhere. So. While it might be annoying to them, it's also creating a culture because everyone knows what's going on. And that's a really beautiful thing. Do I believe in the overshare about some things? Yes. I don't think your team needs to know internal financials unless they're accounting. I don't think your team needs to know certain personal things, but that's a whole other podcast episode. So making sure that you over communicate is really huge because it makes everyone feel like they're really a part of the team still. And they're a part of something every day. They know what is going on? But how can you manage all of this? though? Because it sounds like, you know, okay, you might be listening to this going, Maya, you want me to text? You want me to call? You want me to, you know, send a Slack or you want a Google chat or what? Like, that's a lot for me. I have a team of 400. Like, how am I going to do that? Okay. Thank goodness for technology. When i get throwing it back, when I first began in a remote leadership role myself, Telling you about my BlackBerry, I kind of miss my BlackBerry confession time. I really do. Like that, you know, whole like typing on that was really fun. It throws me back to the office, not going to lie. But that's what I had. We are so lucky now, though, guys, as leaders and with remote leadership. Thank God in 2020, we have the tools that we need to succeed with technology and the companies I'm just throwing Zoom out there, but working in events in the background that I have, these companies really stepped to the plate to help us, which is amazing. So using these tools to effectively communicate, but here's, is key, but here's the caveat to that. The caveat to that is it's your responsibility as leader to then place the rules of engagement And the ground rules, as I like to call them, a lot of people call them rules of engagement and that's fine. Ground rules, I say that. It resonates with everybody differently. You pick your verbiage. It doesn't matter. The point is you have to set the rules. Setting the rules of communication within your team, company, whatever infrastructure we're talking about is actually quite simple, but it's so important. This is what I mean by this statement. Rules of engagement, setting setting the rules, all of this. When you set a precedence for what a particular type of communication does or means or triggers, that's that's what I'm talking about. So basically I'll say Susie Q, she's my favorite employee. I use her all the time. Hi, Susie Q. So when here here's our rules of engagement or our ground rules, whatever you want to use. So, if it's an emergency, I want you to pick up the phone and call me. If it's like a 911 emergency, it must be solved now. If it is something that you know, attention within the next 24 hours, send an email and copy my assistant. If it's something that needs attention within the next 48 hours, 72 hours, send an email. If it's something that needs attention within that day, send me a text. Or if the group all needs to know about it and needs to get on it right away, send me a Slack in the emergency group. Or if it's something that needs to just be talked about, put it in the group Slack. That's what I'm talking about. So rules of engagement. I gave some pretty particular and like complicated ones, but typically in a company, it's a little bit simpler than that. Like, hey, send an email if, you know, you want us to get back to it within 24 hours. If it's an emergency, send a text or call depends on where you're working and what your communication channels are and what technology has been implemented but all in all that is what that means and it's really important that you set those ground rules right when that individual starts on your team or you communicate them and you can't over communicate when those things change or for a lot of us that was when the pandemic hit So you need to make that clear, right? So when you're on a Zoom or, you know, you need to do this or jump on a Zoom, if this is happening, setting all those rules is really important. Another aspect of communication for your team that I think is important is interaction with one another. And this can be a little um, controversial for some people. I hear some managers, directors, VPs, you name it. Some of them don't encourage this. They don't like it, and I think it's poor culture. And it's crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy to me. I think it's, again, poor culture. And it shows a lack of trust and security in yourself as a leader. Let's just mic drop that right there because it's true. It's your job as their leader to encourage your team to foster relationships within the team to create bonds and eliminate the feeling of isolation that problem that we were talking about isolation it's your job to get rid of that especially with remote work and some leaders that have you know joined the podcast and shared th- these beautiful things that's why I really want you to go back and listen to it because they talk about the virtual activities they've done and I know they sound corny sometimes but they really work because you, you may have a couple of employees that are like oh my god this was so corny this was so dumb but guess what they're going to bond They may text each other and be on a group and be like, this was so corny. Oh, my God. But they're going to be like, hey, did you also, like, run downstairs for that, like, challenge and also pick this thing and, like, we're laughing about it. Or, like, I didn't know that song during that karaoke challenge. That was funny. And they're going to bond. So it's going to work. You have to see the bigger picture. Like, you can't be afraid of how you look as a leader. You have to look at the big picture of what you're actually doing. And I really believe in this because you're creating an environment for connection. That's why I believe in the happy hours. I believe in, you know, these different fun activities because it does create bonds because you'll see different personalities come out. And I, me personally, being on teams, have bonded with people all over the world doing things like this. There's a confusion in me, too, when I have had supervisors, leaders... People have run companies that I've reported to and they don't encourage this. It's interesting to me. I, I don't get it because nothing has made me happier about my team than when I like, here's an example, when I was like on a one-on-one with one of my salespeople and he or she started to tell me about information that he or she learned about like a new product or a way to sell or a strategy Or even something personal, just life in general. Like they they just wanted to share on their one-on-one. I knew right there I was building a culture. And it can be as simple as, you know, a leader setting the standard and showing your team that it's encouraged. How do you do that? You lead by example. You institute these types of things and everything is going to be a little bit different in every single situation, but you'll know what's right for your culture. If a happy hour weekly is what is right for your culture, do it. If a game night is what is right for your culture, do it. You can create these virtual things. I had a guest on um, one time and she said that she creates different channels for different things and she encourages people. I used to pre-COVID. I told I had text message groups always. And then I would encourage some of my top sellers to create their own text message groups. Other leaders that I knew sometimes in in those particular industries I worked in, thought I was nuts. They were like, aren't you afraid they're talking about you? I'm like, absolutely they talk about me. I don't give a shit. Why? Why do I care? Because at the end of the day, nobody is going to love everything that you do as a leader. No. They're going to complain. They're going to say things. That's fine. That's fine. But if you don't encourage culture and creating bonds within a team, especially remotely, then you're definitely not going to have a team at all. So if I had spent my time in paranoia, like, oh, let me not keep them all or tell this person one thing, or that's not a culture. I wanted them to create those groups. I wanted them to do those things because I knew when I put my head on the pillow at night, I did Everything, the way I was supposed to do it and and the best that I could as a leader and with complete, with morals and the right way. And sure, I make mistakes. I'm human. You will make them too (laughs) many, many times. But the important thing is that you encourage the relationship and that's how you overcome a lot of this isolation. That's one of the biggest mistakes that I find leaders make is they they actually don't realize sometimes the isolation that they're creating out of some kind of paranoia that this talk is going on. Look, they're going to create those bonds and, and all that stuff behind your back anyway. Who cares? Who cares? It's a lonely road sometimes as a leader. But it's up to you to create that kind of back-end culture by encouraging communication. And then also the front end where you create these fun environments I promise you nothing that's ever been said about me behind my back in these environments when I learned about it I wasn't shocked and you shouldn't be either if you're leading in this way with this clear communication okay so now you might be thinking okay awesome (laughs) that covers how to communicate and streamline technology communication building camaraderie, check, check, check. A little bit of culture we covered today too, which is great. But how as a leader do I let go like I'm needing to supervise the face-to-face? That's a big one. I see it, hear it all the time. What I would tell you is take the components that I've already talked about and embrace them. Because what I find really works is setting clear expectations that can really eliminate a lot of this like need to control need to see what they're doing every single day lean over their desk watch them and manage them in I almost don't even like the word manage sometimes because it's like what you know mentor we're mentors mentor as a leader we're not managing they're adults I feel like we manage children like we're mentoring them to do the job that we hired them to do. So let's empower them to do the job that they were hired to do. How do we do that? We set clear expectations. And I know you're still thinking like, oh, but there's distractions at home and they can do their laundry and they can do help with their kids and all that. Who cares? Who cares? It's a different mindset. And we've got to change our mindset. And I know over the past year, We've done a lot of that, but I still see leaders and I still talk to leaders on a weekly basis and I have, have worked with some of them that really struggle with that. They really want to go back into the office because they want to know what's going on all day, but we have to change how we look at things because it's just a different world and this is, you're going to be left behind. That's just the cold, hard truth if you're not willing to embrace this, but this beautiful truth because think of like the overhead we're getting rid of all these other things by allowing people to be in their environment it's more about mentoring them about how to have a work life you know i i I did a whole episode about work-life harmony so that's a better way to say it i got that from my husband actually (laughs) but balance is challenging especially from home so we need to have empathy for that but like think about this right because this can be a bit mind-blowing for us you know as leaders you know we have thought about you know Susie q we're like okay how long does it take her to complete you know all her tasks you know in her nine to five we're watching her from nine to five managing does it really freaking matter how long it takes Susie q to like if she can do her nine to five tasks in four hours one day great why do i care like why does that matter we're paying her to do a job she's part of a team in my opinion does it matter absolutely not does it really matter how many hours our our, let's call him joe works this week if sales are better than ever especially during a pandemic let's throw that out there and his clients are happy And he's killing it, and he's leading, I mean, let's put him out there, leading the sales team? Nope. Not in my opinion. So where the issue begins is when Susie or Joe, these two employees we're talking about, are falling short in other areas. Like, if they're performing well and getting everything done and are great members of your team, like, that's amazing. Why should you care if they worked 25 or 30 hours versus 50 hours last week because there's going to be a 60 hour week one week right so why should you care you shouldn't you absolutely shouldn't and this has been a struggle this is so challenging for some leaders this has been such a big mind shift and a mind mess up for them but it's about balance and understanding. and I sh- Harmony, I should say harmony. <laughs> but it's about balance and understand that as leaders, we must be flexible with this new normal. We have to. So if you have a light week for sales and like Joe's killing it in sales one week and it's not taking him a lot of effort and he works 20 hours. Cool. But one week he might have to do 60 because he's having to do a lot of virtual happy hours and this and that and all these other things. to call- It works out. But if he's doing well, great. But if he's only doing well in one area and he's not contributing in all these other aspects to the team and to the company, that's a problem, right? So it's about evaluating that as a leader and looking at that. Our flexibility and empathy, yeah, I'm talking about empathy again because it's so important, so important more now than ever. These are two of the greatest factors that will bring us success as remote leaders, Why do I say that, and why do I believe that, and why do I believe that to be true for you and for me? Well, not everyone has the home life, let alone the life that you do. So we'll go back to our two examples. So Joe, for example, let's say he's single, he has a roommate, and he has two dogs. So sometimes, you know, through this pandemic and working from home and the situation, like he had to adjust. He was used to going to an office. So you hear the dogs bark sometimes. His roommate also lives there. He lives in a, you know, small apartment in New York City. So we see that. That's life. That's normal. We normalized it. Let's talk about Susie Q. She's a single mother with three kids. They've now all had to be home and homeschooled and she's juggling that. So sometimes we'll see her kids in the background on their Zoom calls or, you know, for school or she'll maybe sometimes she'll wake up really early in the morning to get her work done. Maybe sometimes she'll stay up super late if she's like me, a night owl. I don't know, if you're a morning person, night owl, whatever. But like that's what I do for some things to get it done because the pandemic threw me off with so many things and catering to some of my clients. So I don't have children, but I relate to Suzy Q with accommodating other people, but that's real life. So having empathy right there, I just had empathy for her because I don't have kids, but I understand having to accommodate a schedule. The more empathy and flexibility that we show though, is my, my point here as leaders now in this environment, the brighter, the future you will have as a leader, but I think more importantly, your team and your team will remember these things and they will be so loyal to you because of this. And you and I know as leaders that this is the new normal and the faster we adapt, the better leaders we become. It's just a fact. The best part though, is that our teams get better as well. Like this is the absolute truth. And it's up to us as remote leaders, you know, as a marriage to our remote teams, to lead by example. And I'm going to do a whole episode on this, too, about leading by example, so stay tuned for that. But to give our teams the resources and tools they need to succeed is really important as well. So we want to set them up for success on this journey, even though they may be states away, maybe just a city away. It doesn't matter. We want to give them the resources to succeed. And that is another aspect of this that's so important. We can't just leave them out on that island. So making sure they have the right technology is one aspect of it, but making sure they have the right items. Do they have the laptop they need? Do they have, you know, we don't really print things more anymore, but you know, things like that. Do they have them setting them up for success? Do they have the right training? Do they, do they know how to use... You know, some people struggled with Zoom in the beginning, things like that, making sure that, you know, if you're using a Slack, if you're using a Google Hangout, if you're using Microsoft Teams, whatever, making sure they have the tools and the resources to know how to use it, but also they're trained on it. And with technology, you're able to give them these tools, but make sure they, the flip side is give them the resources to know how to, to use them. And they are able to connect with each other, connect with you. That's why technology is so important. And as a flexible and empathetic leader, you will encourage them to work when they can, because I think that's so important. And when it works for them and their lifestyle, and I know some of you guys are like, oh my God, no, but our office hours are this. That's okay. But we also understand that Suzy Q has to pick up little Johnny from school sometimes because they're back in school now and she's adjusting to that. Sometimes we know that Joe might have to go and take his dog to the vet. Like things happen. It's about having that empathy and that understanding. It doesn't mean that they miss their check-in call with you on a weekly basis. Don't do daily. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That one just always trips me out so much. But it doesn't mean that they miss those important things but it's about your flexibility and empathy for their situation and understanding that because you're the leader and you have a totally different life than them understanding that we know as leaders there's distractions at home but it's your job to trust your team to identify them and work when it works for them that's my point that's you've got to trust them you've hired them to do a job you've got to trust them and And what I have found in working remote for so long is you actually start to sniff people out in the lack of work and the lack of productivity because this is a huge, huge piece of advice and a huge tip. You must judge people with remote work, not based on the hours, that was my point earlier, based on the actual outcome, what's coming out. You can't, you're not looking at a punch clock or punch in, punch out, none of that. What's coming out? If they're producing what's worth a 50, 60 hour a week, who cares how many hours they worked? So trust them to get the job done. If they're not producing at least the minimum of what they would produce in a 40 hour a week of what the minimum expectation, there's a problem. And you know what? That actually gets sniffed out pretty quickly if you're leading effectively and putting these tools and best practices in to place that's why the check-ins are important but it's also important that they're not on the phone with you every single day for an hour to two hours let them go do their thing let them check in let them tell you what's going on you tell them what's going on and let it go you have to lead by example and show them this and the overall point is that being an effective remote leader it takes practice guys like i'm talking about this over a year later from the point that a lot of you probably got thrust into this or maybe some of you are thinking about going into leadership and it's a whole new world but it takes practice you're gonna make mistakes I made a lot of them I've micromanaged some people who were issues before and I've learned to not do that I do think you should apply more pressure to people that need it I do think you know there's there's all those kind you you got to Practice and figure out your style, you know. But at the end of the day, you can't call up a problem employee every day. You can't stress yourself out about those things. Things have a way of working themselves out as long as you're being accountable as a remote leader and the team is holding themselves accountable to what your expectations and ground rules are. It just takes trust. And it sounds simple, but you have to implement these best practices. And if you implement them, trust your team to do the job that you hire them for and build a great culture, which we'll talk about soon, then you're gonna crush it as a remote leader.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the My Opinion Podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the My Opinion Podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the My Opinion blog And contact Maya directly with your questions. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.